to FinTech Family Hour, folks. This is Zach Anderson Pettit, U.S. Content Director at Money 2020. By day, your host. By night, we have my friend and coworker on the show this week, Mickey Tessafaya. Doesn't that sound Italian when I say it like that? He's Ethiopian, but it makes me want a pasta every time I say Tessafaya. Mickey works on the EU content team, and we have many fascinating discussions, him and I, about wildly nerdy things, and I wanted to open source a little bit of that wildly nerdy conversation for you. We cover some last year, we cover some prognostication about this year, and we also dig into some therapy, as this podcast tends to. But before we jump in, I am wildly excited to welcome a new our new, new, new sponsor to the family for the beginning of this year, Skipify. Go to skipify.com and, or, but I'm going to say and, stay tuned for more about Skipify a little further into the episode. We'll be doing a lot together. It's not just going to be, you know, reading ads. We'll have their CEO on the show. Very much looking forward to having them involved. There's some really exciting stuff happening in that company. But, Without further ado, let's have some fintech fun with Mickey. That was the nerdiest thing I've said in 2024, but it won't be the nerdiest through the whole year. Without further ado, here's Mickey. All right, Mickey, how you doing, my dude? Zach. Welcome to Fintech Family Hour, my friend. How you feeling today? I'm so excited. I cannot believe this day has finally arrived. I mean, we have been talking about this for a minute. And I'm like, yeah, mom. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I'm at right now. You say, yeah, mom or yeah, man? No, yeah, mom. Because I'm like, I've made it. Told you, mama. This is the peak. Yeah. This is, I've been dying to be on a podcast where within the first 30 seconds, we get nowhere and he drinks out of a blender bottle. And, you know. This is what I'm about, man. I'm excited to be here because we. I feel like we talked about coming on here. Actually, we did do one episode. That we did? crazy episode. Which one? It was... Oh, post-SPB. Mm. All right. So, FinTech Family Hour listeners, you actually have a returning guest that I forgot was a returning guest because that's how my memory works. But we love you anyway, Mickey. Thank you. Welcome to FinTech Family Hour. Remind folks who you are, and then we'll actually go back to that SVB moment, because that was a that was a magical minute. It, is, it was crazy. Um, I'm Mickey. I am a colleague of Zach's. Uh, I work as part of the Money 2020 Europe content team. And also, I'm just an all-round awesome dude. You know, that's it. That's, that's accurate. That's, that's, it. that's accurate. Yeah. Some of the most fascinating... And intricate and bizarre conversations I've had about fintech in my life have been with Mickey, have been with you. I'm not sure. So this is the first like moment that we have a camera involved in fintech family hour. So what it's I'm really difficult though. I'm, what I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't. Do I look at you? Do I look at the camera? I know, I know, we both like, do this for a living, and we don't have an answer. I know. I'm like, <laughs> All right. So we're gonna we have Mickey on for a couple reasons. One, I'm in London and I'm ooh, ooh. I'm lonely and I only have so many people to talk to here. Mickey's wow. That's making me feel Just quite valued. Yeah. One of my favorites. I'm lonely, so. He's my only friend in the city. Um, two, it's 2024 now, and we haven't really done a retrospective on 23. And I think the this is about to be a weird fucking year. So I feel like we kind of need to talk through the weird fucking year that was 23 to have a little bit of have enough time. Not really, 
So we're going to do it through the lens of Money 2020. Perfect. We're going to do it through the lens of that four days that you and I lived together. Uh, or four days that you lived, three days that I lived, died mm. the fourth day. But we'll we'll get there. Okay. So what first, first off, one of the things, like, as I was talking to my producer, Johnny, about what direction we should go with this like first conversation one of the things that he brought up and this was initially going to be a solo podcast everybody but it's like mid to late day in london and fuck that and i'm too tired and i feel like talking with mickey and i don't want to do this alone but one of the things he was talking about was or bringing up was the idea that no one actually knows what we do for a living facts like what it goes into building one of these shows and what what we have to do because i think a lot of people think it's like a two-month job and then the rest of the time we're just chilling or something like that so let's let's start there how would you how would you describe your job especially like in europe specifically it's a hard one right because in a way like you think the job is pretty clear from the outside right we do something pretty straightforward and obvious we have these these fantastic events that we run and then when we do run them our job within the content team is basically to create the content that would go on stage. Now you think that's pretty straightforward because it's like, all right, you have sessions and you make them happen, but it gets complicated because one, FinTech is huge. There's actually a shit ton of fucking amazing people in the industry. Well, it's tiny and huge, right? Like that's the weird part is it's absolutely gigantic, but like it's a really easy slippery slope into the same people over and over and over again. Right. Like yeah, we're, we're, we've exactly. been sitting in the room together working all day today and Simon Taylor shout to him. I don't know the number of times that we've said Simon's name yeah. out loud today and Alex Johnson and Jason McCoola and Nicole Casperson and like the squad, like we've said their names over and over and over again today. Yeah. But it's a huge industry. It's not just like these nerds that constantly write and like are very loud about it. Yeah. But I think, and that's exactly it though. That's the challenge, right? Because it's like, our job is to both reflect the industry, right? Right, like, re and reflect the the key people who are not necessarily the experts. Not that they're not experts, but the key people who are, let's say, um, like little lighthouses for specific areas of right. an industry, right? Like a regulatory lighthouse. Exactly, yeah. regulatory. You might have, let's say, a Simon, right, who has. Right. Awesome breakdowns and he's an actual expert, on, right? And, and he's an expert. He's not a. I mean, he's a lighthouse, I guess, of a thing or two. But that's the thing is, like, you light up enough of those lighthouses, and you have an. But actual you know, expert. you 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 would read what he would write, and you have a good sense of where a lot of people might be thinking about a subject area, or yep. where there's a lot of interest or attention, right? Yep. And it's a good bookmark, right? Right of like, and so he's like in a book. He's like one of the chapters, let's say, right, as an example. Um, and you have loads of amazing people like that they they have their own communities probably that's the best way to think about it is as we say right we bring together all the various fintech communities right and for us the job is to identify the areas or the people where each of these communities begins to coalesce right so one of part of it is really just trying to mirror the industry but then you've got this other side where you want to push the industry forward with right. specific things right, right. so whether it's diversity, whether it's even just questions around just the direction of travel with the industry or even within our industry, right? There's a lot of it is ambiguous, right? It's A lot of it is in the promise of the future. Blockchain, AI, all of it is about the future. And so you actually don't have a lot of stuff in the current right now, right? So you have to figure out and try to find a balance of reflecting the existing 
status quo of the industry in like the best possible way, but also trying to move that forward. And then on top of that, you want to kind of make sure you're bringing in all the different and diverse voices because right. even within the industry, right? Like, let's say you're talking about um, a big thing right now. Um, let's say diversity. We talk about diversity. There's a whole host of ways you could talk about that. Are we talking about gender diversity? Talking about diversity, diversity from investing diversity. perspectives. Yep. Are we talking about financial inclusion? Are we talking about a, a regulatory level? You know, and each of these different strands has has that rabbit hole in it. So I think that's what makes our job complex is about trying to marry all of these different needs with a lot of unknowns. I'm fascinated by the expert piece. How much do you, how much do you care about an expert versus a lighthouse? Because I think it's something that as an industry, we, I think lean on the Simons, lean on the Nicoles, lean on the out. Like we lean on this like expert perspective, thought leader person a lot. And there are moments, like, I think Simon would say to you that, you know, he knows stuff, but like, if you want to learn about fraud, go to Soups, the CEO of Sardine, where Simon also works. So this is just slowly turning into a Simon, like, we're just going to, we're just going to plot, hi, Simon, we're just going to plot his family history here too. Um, He would say go to Soups, right? Because Soups is, is the fucking fraud guru. He's the guy, right? So he is like that lighthouse. And I guess I kind of get to this place where like, I, f- I feel like I've been on a 12, 10, 12 year journey in trying to learn about financial services and fintech and whatever the hell you want to call this thing. And I feel like I don't know shit. Right. Like, I feel like I have no goddamn idea of what's going on anytime. But then I get into a conversation with people and I'm like, oh, wait, like I'm keeping up in the conversation. I must know something. Yeah. But I'm still super convinced I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. So h- how do you think about that? And do you feel like an expert? No, not at all. And I agree with you. Like, I mean, I do not feel like an expert at all, but I think the way I think about it is um, maybe there's two different types of experts even, right? There's like the super industry specific experts who can talk to you about a soups, for example, and there's not to put him in a specific category, right? But you he can't is, argue that he's the fraud guy though. But like, you can't yeah. argue, but that's not to, I, I, uh, it's not to limit him. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. But you know he's got... Stay in your box, Soups. <laughs> yeah. Stay in it. Yeah, I don't want to see you talk about anything. Else. Nothing else. But yeah, you, you know, like, he's going to be fantastic at explaining this concept. He's at the forefront of it. He has that technical expertise, right? So you have that expertise in terms of the very specific subject matter expertise. But I think you also want to have different types of expertise, right? You want to have expertise like a Simon, for example, in my head is an expertise in a network effect type of expertise, mm-hmm. right? He's a lighthouse insofar as not everyone who works or attends our, our show, for example, right? They work in fintech, but you could be working in, in, a, as a, in a marketing function, you could be working in a product function, you could be working in a sales function, you could be working in a design function. Continue to name everything you everything, could do at a company. But you could be, yes, go. You could do loads of functions. We have loads right? of yeah, all the functions, you, homie. But we think and we say that all of them, fintech brings them together. Yeah. But the level of knowledge and even desire and need to know what Soups knows if you work in marketing is not the same as if you work in product building specific financial rails. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have to have a balance of the specific industry technical expertise, the people who are building the companies, but also the experts in terms of the people that help you define the broad narrative and the things that you want to talk about. They are experts in a different type of way. 
That's how I view it. No, I agree completely. I think I think the thing that I get stuck on is like the identification of yourself as an expert. I think that's the that's the thing that I guess. Why I get don't stuck you think on. you're? Why why? If someone says, how come you don't think you're an expert? From my perspective, an expert has to have expertise, and that expertise requires almost omniscience. <laughs> you know, there's like something associated with expertise that is godlike or something in my head that is like you know it's a you can answer any question about anything right yeah. and like i know what an issue or processor is i know what an acquirer is i know the differentiation i know i could list the number of both i've built versions of both well i've been around building versions of both but i've never yeah. written a lug and line and go but at the end of the day like if you were to ask me how settlement actually happens yeah Fucking, I don't know. Like, it, well, there's a different answer for a lot of different situations. And then there's a different answer for different regions. And there's a different answer for different technology. And then there's a different answer if you carry the two. And then at the end of the day, like, this is why I think anybody that is fucking convinced that they know everything about this industry, I will die not knowing everything about this industry. Yeah. And we can spend the rest of our lives in it. No, that makes sense. But I guess that is probably, you know, when you, the more you say and explain it like that, are you not an expert in a specific way, right? It's just your role requires a different type of, type of expertise, which is finding out relevance. For instance, you know, you've got cross-border payments and you've got um, a regional bank and you've got um, a crypto startup, right? And you have to house all of these people and people with these interests. And maybe that is your expertise is having that degree of, I feel like I know enough to see how I can make all of you guys have the same conversation, but I don't need to know enough so that my attention is entirely devoted to finding out the nuances and specifics of this. You know what I mean? Because... Yeah, I mean, it's... Yes, I do. But it's one of those things where I want to know the nuances of all those yeah. things. I mean, to your point, I think that, you know, like, we're over 100 episodes on FinTech Family Hour. Thank you to all of you. I love you to death. Like, probably if it weren't for my lack of expertise in general, just like curiosity and running towards people that know a lot more, like, I don't know if this podcast would be interesting or mean shit to anybody. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm just, I guess I'm glad that I have that perspective. But to your point, we just, and I actually said that I wanted to talk to about this on some podcasts, so we might as well bring it up right now. We just spent how many hours in that room talking about taxonomy, right? Mm -hmm. So for, for listeners or watchers, there's a product that's happening inside of Money 2020 that is, pretty public and it will be very, very public soon. That is a data oriented product that um, one of the pieces of it is that there is a taxonomy of the entire world of fintech, right? And then there's there's um, banking tech, there's supervisory technology, there's regulatory technology, there's all of these different things. And we, I think, you know, had a 20 minute conversation about where Chime fits. Mm. And we ended up basically after two hours getting to the point of like, this is all undefinable. Yeah. This is, you can't have one company, Cross River Bank does not exist in one place. Yeah. To, that was the actual example that we were going over because yeah. they take on VC funding. They do some investing. There's, they're a uh, sponsor bank. They're all of these different things. And like, how do you delineate this industry? Uh, you can't. Was yeah, that's like kind the challenge, of, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think to your point, I consider myself, I guess, enough of an expert to sit in those rooms and have conversations and like question and poke and prod and like, but I don't have the answer. Do you think if you didn't have the answer, you'd be good at your job right now? What if, do you mean? If, if, you did, if you did have the answer, do you think you'd be as good as your job? Because I think part of... Tell probably, me how good I am at my job. Uh, yeah, I mean, save that one for later. <laughs> but, you know, because I feel like 
because w- you said right, like you have these conversations with the the industry experts, and you're like you're you're understanding and you're keeping up with what they're saying. It makes sense to you, but you still don't feel like an expert, right? And I wonder that is maybe a pre- prerequisite of what you do. It reflects the specific type of role of doing the the content at a place like Money Twenty Twenty because you do need that desire for knowledge and that willingness to think, oh shit, I don't know shit. Because otherwise, if you did, how would you be able to... Because a lot of what we do is is a labor of love. Like a lot of it can be fucking boring. I'm not going to lie to you because if I've got 2,000 names on a spreadsheet of applicants to go through, it's just a lot of manual stuff to do. But we do it because we actually are super interested. And if I knew this shit, why would I look at that? Ah, oh, you're so right. Okay, that's true. I mean, go. during you the, had that, you had that. That's that's yeah. And mm-hmm. cut it and print. There is something associated with that call for content process. So, for listeners and like a little bit of background here, so Mickey being on the Europe team is a little bit different. But me being in the U.S., every year there's going to be a moment where you all provide your submissions for us to ferret through and. Mickey's out here posing Um, to ferret through and figure out what really, you know, in this economy, in this world, in this year is the thing that needs to be discussed. Right. And last year in the US, I believe we had 20, 21, 2200 submissions. So if you multiply that by like an average number of speakers per submission, it's probably like 2.5, something like that. You end up at like five, six thousand speakers pretty quickly, especially when you realize that a lot of people are putting in like five speakers for a panel. Mm. So it gets you to this place where you're so right. If if there wasn't, if you are convinced of your knowledge and you are convinced of the lay of the land just being as you see it, like why would you ever read 2,000 of those? Uh, you get paid to do it, but like there's a lot of ways to get paid in the world. Exactly. And that shit is so fucking fun. Like if there is like one of my favorite parts of the job is like that set of weeks and months where you're just reading and going through it's the biggest cheat code in the world like the things that we get to see just because of people like things that never make it to the stage but people put so much work into their submissions that you're like oh man like i just did two weeks of my job and now i know a hundred x more about you know fraud in this specific geography or something like that like it's such a cheat code is and i feel like the thing on top of it that makes it even just wilder is, you know, often like the way we perceive what is good or the best, right, is super basic, right? We have like a quantitative measure, right? A company has, is valued at 100 billion versus a company valued at 50 billion, right? Sure. 100 billion companies, a better company yeah. or whatever, right? When we do what we do though, what you, because you're, you're meeting different companies at different stages of development. Mm-hmm. It's not a linear process right so you realize there's actually a lot of just mad insights you gain as a a company that you might not have heard of will be coming up with just the most insightful things or present the exact same thing every single other person talks about in just a different way and you start realizing and that's the beauty of fintech just i think as an ecosystem and as an industry right Mm -hmm. it's like what we said at the beginning it's huge it's global but it's also mad localized. So, yeah. So then you've got all of this knowledge sharing and then you've got, I mean, random people talking about something and you're like, 
you know that that piece of insight could have huge ramifications for the biggest banks in the world, for instance. Oh, my God. Do you remember Rohit uh, coming in 2022? Was that 22? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you, do you, rem- there you, there you do you remember that story? Okay. So I don't think I've told this story on the podcast before. So I have to tell it since this is just like a recap, I guess, of whatever the, who, who knows what the fuck this is about. I hope you're still listening and I love you all. So there was a wild, wild moment. We left, we left like 15 minutes open on the main stage in just like on a, I think it was on Monday, Monday or Tuesday yeah. in the show. And it was like midday and we just weren't even, we weren't sure. So this is the God, this is like the definition of inside baseball. We just went, remember the row hit thing? And then I went straight into the fucking story without even bringing up the fact yeah, that he's the goddamn director. This guy, the director of guy? the CFPB yeah. or anything, you know, maybe bring some perspective on who he is. Okay, so Rohit Chopra, um, <laughs> not, not Deepak's cousin. He is the director of the CFPB. Um, I mean, I don't know. He actually might be Deepak's cousin. That would be wild. Uh, <laughs> that would be some shit. Um, but he he's the director of the CFPB. The CFPB was put in during the Obama administration, uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, yada, 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 yada. They've been leading the charge specifically on the open banking initiative in the U.S., 1033. A lot of prognostication. We're running behind the U.K. very significantly. We're running behind Europe pretty significantly. Like, we got a no little bit. There. I mean, you know, well, <laughs> don't let's not talk about the broader economies or we might have issues, but you guys are just m- murdering PSD too. Yeah, anyway. we're very global, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I'm like the definition of a global nationalist <laughs> or something. Where I'm just like, I love, I love everywhere, but I talk shit. Um, okay, so CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, 1033, open banking rule. So, we did not know necessarily if Rohit Chopra was going to show up and speak. We didn't know what was going to happen yeah. because there's so many things associated with these regulators where the, if they let something out of the bag a day early, it moves the market here, it moves the market there, it moves the market everywhere. And then we have something you know significant that happened that was pushed by a regulator and had stocks move and, and yada, 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 right? So we wake up, I think it was like... 6 a.m., something like that. And I already had an email in my inbox. Rachel and I already had emails in our inbox that was like, the director will be speaking. And this is, this was the crazy part, is they sent the Word doc that we had to put into the teleprompter. Of like his speech? Of his speech. Yeah, So yeah. there was a, there was like a three, God, I wish I could ask Rachel. It was probably like four, four to six hours, something like that, between maybe even longer, like maybe like, because it was 6 a.m. when I was sitting in my room, like, did he actually send this to me? <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, we have secured email, all that kind of stuff, but it was still just, like, a moment of, like, I read the thing. I had not left my room yet. I don't even know if I had showered yet. And I just had this moment of, like, this is, like, market-moving information. It was huge. Yeah? It was because, huge. I mean, we get regulators coming and talking, but that was also an that introduction of a regulation that was intru- that was introduction of guidance guidance more than yeah. anything else but that guidance was so important and it, that was the biggest moment at the show in 22 yeah. and re- like reading that at 6 a.m and then having to sit on it and like walking by all of my favorite people and like just 
have knowing that like the right thing for the United States and the future and everything else is like not that I ever actually considered saying anything, but it was this the insanity of this job and the moments where you're like, I have to sit on this market moving, world changing information until it gets said at one o'clock on the stage that I helped like con- like it's conceptualize crazy. and build. It's crazy. It's the weirdest. Like you have these moments where like this. We work in events and our job seems so fucking silly sometimes, but there's also moments where they seem so meaningful, like so important. Like I wouldn't be who I am without having gone to Money 2020 for multiple years before working here. Yeah. You know, like I, I would not be the person that I am. I think like, and that's the thing. I know exactly what you're saying, because I think sometimes unless you are part of the community unless you attend you it's so difficult to kind of really explain the impact if you've never been to money 2020 you tuned out so long this is the dumbest conversation yeah. you've ever fucking heard well why are you still listening <laughs> yeah I mean, exactly. maybe you're not maybe yeah let's stop this let's, but no that even like that rohit thing i remember it because that was i remember the lead up to it because i had i Come in to help your team out because um you guys were short Because we needed help. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? But I remember because, you know, for uh, that a couple of weeks, we had this idea that someone from the CFPB would come and speak, but it was not him. And there was, you know, like a lot of the stuff that people don't get to see about our jobs, right, is this really crazy balancing act that we need to do, which is on the one hand, right, like we want to make sure the content is the best fucking piece of content because of what you just said right it's market moving just do um simple calculation 300 plus consumers in the u.s right in theory a guidance like this is going to affect 300 potential million people in the biggest economy in the world there's not to overhype a job but this is literally the very basis of what he spoke about right no, like, dude, me sharing or any of us having any leak of that information, like, it went, the funny part was, like, it went without saying, kind of. Like, when we were working with the CFPB and they made it very clear that, you know, on every call, like, anything we share with you, like, of course, right? But it never crossed anybody's mind even a single time to say anything, yeah. right? Like, we, like, the fact that we have a culture that, like, just automatically protect stuff like that because we know that it's the important thing for like the American economy and half of the fucking team's British. It's so weird. Like, it's the, crazy. It's so and, weird. But then also on top of it, we have to then have the like real world challenges because you have these big important pieces of news, but then you have to have an agenda so that people know what they're going to go and see. Yeah. So that's, it sounds dumb, right? But like that one of the most stressful parts about my job, right, is... Because of what we said, I don't feel like I'm an expert. Right. The thing that I feel strongly about is I'm like, I'll always just question it. And sometimes I don't mind asking a dumb question because I'm like, is it dumb? Because That's know? what we get paid to do, dude. Right. Right? Like, from my perspective, like this industry does not allow for enough dumb questions because it's like, especially the average 55 to 65 year old white male that's functioning in a payments org fucking down the street to the left and is convinced that he knows everything like that dude refuses to ask any first principles question that's going to come across dumb Mm -hmm. and that is why we exist we exist to ask the dumb first principles question because that motherfucker that we're talking about actually can't answer it but now the problem is we know and we accept we have to ask dumb questions so you you Mm -hmm. know you're never sure if this content that you've worked how hard on is the good one. But at some point, you have to put that on stage or on the agenda so people can come to it. 
That's fucking hard. Because you know there's 6,000 fucking amazing people and at some point very soon you have to commit and say, it's only you 300 people that are going to speak. And that is the hardest bit because out of those 6,000, I'll be honest, 2,000 are pretty shit submissions. I'm just, yeah. But then 4,000 is like, and it's like each one I have to like rack my brain because it's not exactly just easy stuff. It's really complex, really intelligent stuff. It's a lot of hard work. And now you make me pick. We could do... So be nice to us, please. Yeah, that's a thing. We could do so many actual shows with the submissions we get. But what you just... So be nice to us. That's a fucking interesting one. It's that time again, folks. Time to welcome a new sponsor to the show. Drum roll, please, Johnny. Who could it be? It's Skipify. There we go. There we go. All right. What is Skipify? Well, go to Skipify.com and that will give you all of the information. But... Bear with me, and we're just going to go down a quick little road of my version of the what and the why for them being here and us partnering together. So Skipify creates new infrastructure and new protocols that connect merchants, financial institutions, shoppers, and physical devices into a next-gen digital wallet. Cool. What does that mean? One, you can create new products that otherwise aren't possible to build with legacy digital wallet structures. Two, we're just talking flexibility, folks. You hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of possibility. Possibility and flexibility. It sounds like that. Whatever that is. But hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some definitions in it. Legacy digital wallet structure, you say. What does that even mean? We're talking about walled gardens. We're talking about insulated payment products without flexibility. You, if you have an iPhone, may be able to click twice on the right and get straight to what maybe I'm even referencing or one of the things I'm referencing. They're often not the right thing for the consumer. And even if they are, they tend to leave the consumer with limited choice, not to mention the limited choice and limited functionality that businesses have to deal with every day. Did we us, you, me, I'm talking about us here. Did we get into fintech to decrease consumer choice? I I didn't. That's not why I'm here. And it's not why the Skipify team did either. And if it is why you got here, this is a really weird podcast for you to be listening to. So they're driven by building an open ecosystem that gives businesses a chance to actually drastically improve their payment experience all the while decreasing fraud. So you're saying numbers go up, but then the bad numbers go down? I think that's what we're saying. They are bringing card present transaction approval numbers to a card not present world. That's going to be the name of my book one day. But why did I want to bring Skipify on as a partner for the beginning of 24? The ethos, 100%. I've said so many times that the only groups that are going to ever be sponsoring FinTech Family Hour are going to be ones that I believe in, ones that I would recommend, and actually people that I like being around and associating with. And these are those people. Rith, the CEO, Rithy as I call him, and the Skipify team embody the reason that we all started down this fintech road to begin with. Helping people by building something meaningful and then scaling it to millions and millions of people to actually have the impact. And that is what this team is doing. I personally see Skipify as the future of payments infrastructure in the U.S and beyond. They're poised to take on the big dogs, and it's going to be fun to watch. It already is, if you're actually paying attention. 
I personally feel lucky to have them in the corner of FinTech Family Hour, and I hope y'all are a little bit excited about supporting them with me through this journey. Just a little bit. Come on now. We do this together, right? Family and all that. So in the coming months, you'll be hearing more about Skipify. Go check out the site at skipify.com. Take a look at the open roles. If you're trying to find a new FinTech adventure in the form of a rocket ship, because that's what this thing is, welcome Skipify. So good to have you here and so excited about the future. How much time do you spend thinking or aware of the idea that people might want something from you versus wanting to be your friend or something like that? Like, have you had that since you've come into this role? A sense that like people build relationships. Maybe the people would be trying to use your friendship. Yeah, of course, 100%. I mean, I think you notice that because... Because it happens? I, I know. Because there's professionally, there's a time in my life when I'm very popular during the year. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's like, yeah. Damn, dude, I'm a, I'm a 10 leading like, up to October, but in January, I'm a 5. Around? Literally, that, that is it. But I mean, I think part of it is just, yeah, that's honestly, that's a hard challenge. And I don't know how you, I think those are things that I, I also find hard and you just always are trying to lean on colleagues and be like, yo, what do I do? I feel bad. Saying no to people is wildly, wildly difficult. Like, I think the thing about this job that I'm most excited to, I mean, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do it. So, you know, I mean, it's not a forever thing by any means. Because, dude, if you do this for more, if you do this for four or five years, like, I think it takes a toll on you that is so different than any other role. Like, two years in this role has felt like, the best two years of my life, but also has felt like 10 years. I'm not surprised because I think also, again, the thing that makes you good at this job is the thing that takes a lot away from you in the job, right? In the sense that like, if you're good at it, it's because you really care and you're yeah. trying to like talk to every single person who and you're vetting everyone who's trying to speak and right. you're, for every one speaker that or session you put on stage, you've probably talked to a hundred different people and you've, thought through a hundred different ways that that could be the that's a lot of work so the more you care the more you put in so the more intense it is and you know on the other side it's like you're a a coach at a top team or some shit you know you see them at the start of the season looking all great and fresh and then like halfway through the year that 30 year old has now got like a mad silver hair you know well that's the thing is like i don't i i have so we're two shows in to doing this role and this last year i died on wednesday i like literally couldn't even make it to the I show think. wednesday i was there. Uh, you were supposed to speak on my stage yep that was a good time thanks uh the the real housewives of fintech never made it to life but we we came so close um <laughs> god that was a fucking hilarious situation um and the year before that not I almost for died me too. i just want to say not for me do you want to describe the situation I mean, you know, it's just normal, you know, get to the stage that I'm managing. There's lots of stuff there. It's 10.25, five minutes before start. And, you know, my speaker slash moderator, Zach, is not there. And I'm like... But what's which Zach was it? This is my favorite part of the story. Oh, my days. That was... A, <laughs> that was a technology Zach, thing. <laughs> I was like, I saw Zach and it says Zach Parrot. So I'm like, I didn't know you. Hooray. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm no, I'm fucking with you. No. Sorry, I'm not, <laughs> not American. My, I'm French. Is it French? I don't know. No, I actually, I don't know where it's at. I don't know what Zach's background but, is. But is that, I'll call him Zach. I can't even call him Zach P, can I? Nope. 
But the other Zach, the, <laughs> the billionaire Zach, let's call him. <laughs> yes. the, the Zach with the billions, yeah? Let's you come back that to that. That is the correct delineation, my friend. Yeah. We are still waiting access, for access to that Carta account. There we go. But um, And it was like that Zach with um, four other speakers. So I'm like, cool. It's going to be cool. So just for context, you thought on a... Wednesday at Money 2020 that on the black box stage, which is not is a really dope stage, but wasn't like the biggest one. The the CEO of Plaid let's was, just, go, was let's going just to be right interviewing. There. <laughs> let's just stop right. I thought, I thought, did you say, wait, 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 wait. First of all, I was helping your team. I was given documents and running orders by your team. <laughs> He's got receipts. Which were sealed by your team. And I thought, no, I just read. I just, I was like, look, my friend, I have very good reading comprehension. I've heard that about you. At very, very least high school level. And I've, I've heard good things. You know what? It said Zach P and there was no Anderson in between. I was like, that must be billionaire Zach. <laughs> um, then I get uh, my, you know, we're a big old operation. So, um, and, you know, content people, if you don't like to walk a lot. You just get the speakers to come to our stage. Yeah, we're not walkers. We're so talkers. We, had a, we had my stage walker, um, Mindy, lovely lady. She's like, yeah, Zach Shouts is not to Mindy. Zach is not here. And she showed me a picture of Zach Billionaire. <laughs> I didn't think things. I just saw there was no interpretation. It was just, I was like, oh my fucking God. This is a nightmare because it's also the fucking moderator. <laughs> if it was a speaker, you're like, all right, well, we don't need your views. Yeah. What happens when the moderator's not there? But thank God, oh, they, the, the, the four guests were amazing. Mm -hmm. the, one of them was like, yeah, I just had a call with Zach. I was like, and then it was, you called me. And like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, this motherfucker, bro. Our job is hard already. You don't need to give me unnecessary additional little obstacles. Am I trying to prove how good I am? <laughs> Shouts to Emily from Six Eastern for stepping yes, up big thank there. Thank you, Emily. You stepped saved, up real big. Yeah, you saved me. You saved potential lawsuits. At, I was supposed place. to. Have, I was supposed to have three interviews that, was, that morning. I was going to be interviewing Claire that, and then I think there, there was one more that I was going to be doing. I feel like in by your third year, you you will know that you can't eat seafood the day before an interview. Yeah, that's what real wisdom in the show is. I don't know what, I mean, it was like, didn't eat all day. And then Tuesday night, we got to that like nighttime content in the restaurant, like comedian that I'm a fan of. I'm about to sit next to on stage, hadn't eaten all day. It felt like putting a little like shrimp roll situation mm. in my mouth was a good idea. Was not a good idea. Also not drinking the whole show and then deciding to have a drink while I was on stage with him. Not, doesn't go well with the shrimp roll, turns out. Yeah, so who, not who the best decision. But I feel like, wait, I know we were joking around and and, uh, and stuff a lot, but like on that, actually, do you, how do you manage your health on site? Because honestly, that shit, it kills me. Well, I mean, I can give a lot of really sarcastic answers, but I'll try and give you an actual answer. So one, I actually, this is actually a kind of interesting question. So I walk more than normal leading up to show. So I walk probably... Like in prep, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll do like, I will consciously make an effort. Like, I, I, I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. You probably know I rock climb, lift weights, things like that. But like avoid cardio like it's the fucking plague. Like mm -hmm. I will mm -hmm. I will walk in New York. I will walk in cities. But other than that, like 
I, I enjoy a car, you know, I like a ride. Um, God, I sound fat. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you, you like rock climbing. I love rock climbing. So it sounds like you work in tech. It's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man, man bun coming soon. Yeah, man yeah, bun that, coming that's soon. it, yeah. Um, so I actually, I actually very consciously start walking a lot more leading up to the show because the amount, just the sheer steps, like... I the first year I did the show by the end of day one I had shin splints to a degree mm. that I could not believe so I'll actively start walking I really do um actually do a lot more hydration leading up to the show than I would normally so got a uh I think one IV before heading out to uh to we're just gonna have to, to do a whole episode side episode on, on that bit i know there's an american podcast <laughs> let's, so that let's, you're just dropping that it's as not if it's just a normal Amer- thing like i have a in the lead of you and bro that's a medical procedure for us european uh, listeners nah, i just bro, bro, bro. want you to know so, okay? so i got i got listeners in antarctica so this is an international kind of situation Global. here yeah. Yeah. sorry folks we're back we had a little bit of a technical difficulty but we are recording we are moving through it was not a medical intervention. It was so. not. It was close though. I just to know. It was close. I was just about to. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I got an IV before. Well, so got an IV before leaving for the show, and then I got an IV at the show, and then I got an IV when I got back from the show. So hydration is a big part of it. But let's go back to we were hanging out last night, and your perspective on like why are you so shocked by IV businesses? Why is this so weird to you? Uh, because. I am probably like one of the 7.8 billion people that lives outside of North America. So <laughs> okay. typically we carry are, on because, you know, I'm like, indeed, I, I too don't drink enough water, but I'm just like, should I not just drink more of it? It's diff- It's different. I know. I think it's. It's a, I think it's a cultural thing, though. I think America is interesting because even when I go there with like lots of other things, right? Stuff that like TSA clear. Um, pre-workout. There's lots of stuff that I, I said yesterday. I was, we were having this chat, right? America is the place of business. I believe it now because it's like 100%. what you guys have successfully done is you've successfully managed to unbundle like fintechs, right? He brought that, it back, but that's things. That's my boy. Food, that's my food. boy. Damn brought good. it back to unbundle, rebundle. Yeah. See, Let's I, keep I, it going. Yeah, fintech. You've unbundled stuff that we all <laughs> naturally expect to be bundled, bro. If I'm going to the airport and I've spent hundreds of dollars minimum to go on a flight and now you're making me pay to get on that same flight earlier than the same people I'm going to go on the flight with. And what's even crazier is you've told me this is genius. And now I'm paying for this service. What? (laughs) The land of business and commerce. It's accurate, bro. I mean, the... You know what you guys can make a lot of money on over here? Ice. There's a whole there's a whole industry. Wait, I'm talking about ice as because we use ice in a very different way here. Yeah, you don't. You're, oh, you mean actual like I mean water and you freeze oh, it. Oh, H two O. Yeah, water and you freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you were talking about not like the regulatory of, body. Oh, in, I thought you were talking about not narcotics and, oh. and of, of the kind. I, 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 <laughs> we use ice differently here. He says. <laughs> But, but but continue, continue. Johnny, we might have to cut that bit. Yeah, I'm really uh, not sure. I'll have to Google it first, actually. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the first drug ice, reference I didn't understand. Ice, ice is the perfect <laughs> example, though. Cold brew. Exactly. Y'all motherfucking... 
It's not that hard. Just brew it cold over 12 hours. It's easy. It's much lower acidity. How do you, you guys how, also wait, don't have fucking how, filtered how, how, coffee? How, how, can you just tell me like quickly the process for making cold brew? Cold brew. You put coffee in water. In, not first, do you, do you, no, 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 no. You just put coffee in cold water. You put it in the uh, in the fridge and you leave it overnight. And, that's, and then you filter you filter the coffee grounds out. Why is there such a big movement around it? Though? Why it's eighty percent less acidic than just like regular coffee. America, right there for you. Oh, we're we're healthy. Oh my god. This this is to get back listen, to the homie. Point, right? We love obesity and health. These are the two things that we love. All right. <laughs> we why. love green drinks and McDonald's. Okay. Honestly, sometimes I feel like America is what happens. Sometimes, even though you, first of all, I want careful. I'm just gonna say this. You know who won the Revolutionary War? You You know know who won the Revolutionary War? You know, I go to the U.S. a lot, but America is, I feel like, what a country looks like if it was run by VCs. (laughs) I'm just saying. And you know, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'm just saying. You know, it's not a lie. I don't disagree. And you're like. Washington, Washington was the ultimate seed, the ultimate seed round was <laughs> the ultimate seed round with George Washington. Go. Yeah, there you go. You're like, you know what? Yeah, the total addressable market's not big enough. So let's make it bigger. Mm-hmm. And now we've created the companies to go and target this huge addressable market. It's true. And we've iterated a lot since then, too. Did we just crack the VC model? I oh. think I think not. No. <laughs> Almost. But yeah, I think that's why. Yeah, I think it's a cultural thing, probably around the IV thing. Yeah, and you, I think it sounds like last night you 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 didn't not sound scared at needles either. Homie didn't sound excited about a needle. Everyone knows me, and the first thing they say about me is brave and not scared of needles is how they typically <laughs> describe me. So that was yeah, yeah. Brave is one of your top adjectives. Yeah, I yeah. did I did endorse you for that on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's nothing yeah. to do with my personal fear of like um needles or that. Thing. Right. Yeah, it's just more to do with like. It's my, cultural. It's you know I'm a very complex man with very specific views on socioeconomic structures. So I've always it. thought that about. Views. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll get an IV before I go to the show. Year one, I lifted every day during the show, and that was stupid as shit. I should not have done that. So last mm. this most recent year, I did not do that. Um, beyond that, it's just an attempt to sleep and manage stress as best you can. And managing stress, how do you do? You have Okay, outside of work on a normal week, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have do you do things to help you manage stress normally? For example, and like I know you're quite a horse conscious workout. I thought you were about to be like, and I know you're quite stressed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you, you take you try to take care of yourself. You try to take care of yourself. You work out and whatnot. But do you find? Because I find when I go to the show, like one of the worst things for me is when I get stressed I can't eat well I can't eat um and I can't have you know good nutrients like Mm -hmm. the right type of energy Mm -hmm. so I lean into the worst types of shit coffee or sugary stuff sounds like a great time for an IV Mm. sounds like a a VC creating a market right here I don't know I don't know shout out to Lux Wellness in Kansas City but anyway this uh, this episode is not sponsored anyway Actually, this episode is sponsored. Shout out to Skipify. Not not go. not See? sponsored by Lux Wellness. That's just yeah. my IV provider. But shouts to Skipify. But um, so how do you do that bit? Like when you now that we're talking about, it, I can't stop drinking. I'm just like, I just, shut up, Mickey. I need to hydrate. Look at this this guy. 
this guy is like 99% water. Nine percent yeah. IV, the rest is water. Homie, I, I watched the one Bruce Lee movie, I'm Be Water, and I have ever since. You know, that's mm. where we're at. I like that, you know. You're welcome. You're, you're so cultured. Fucking A, right? <laughs> but to go back to, because this bit, I, I actually really want to know for myself too, because how how do you, when you wake up, because the thing that people don't get to see about our events, right, is it's intense, but it's even crazier for us. We meet at like oh, 7 a.m., yeah. right? Yeah. So that means you have to be up, especially in the U.S., fucking Venetian, you have to walk 30 minutes. So you have to be up super early and then you, you can't go to bed before 12, 1, right? Literally can't. You're engaged. Cannot. There is always someone yeah. something you're doing. Cannot. And this is the thing I think people don't understand is like the number of times, and I fucking love all of you, but the number of times that I get like a, hey, we're over here. Or, hey, we're over there. Like, I want the invite. Please keep sending them to me. But like the idea that you're going to get upset if I don't make it, mm. like this is the most, this is like the one, it's literally from 7 a.m. to midnight. Your whole there, time is a, for. there is a job to be done yeah. that entire time. There are multiple jobs to be done throughout that time. I'm probably in five meetings multiple times, like five meetings at once yeah. with six different people asking me questions at the same time. And I have to, yes, yes, no, like literally just standing between four tables. Question, question, question. Answer, like it, it's insane. And the yeah. idea that you're going to get to the end of the day and it is FinTech's family reunion. Like all of my, the people I love the most are in one to two buildings in a very small space. But still, from 7 a.m. to midnight, the requirements make it so as soon as it hits midnight, I'm going the fuck to my room where I paid for my own upgrades so that I have a little bit. That's that's to your question of like things that I do yeah. to stay semi sane is pay an extra hundred bucks a night. Like you know, obviously, money 2020 pays for the room. That's how the job works. I think everybody would assume that they're like, what? It's no wonder you struggle. Um, you pay an extra hundred bucks, you pay an extra couple hundred bucks per night, and you get a either a balcony or you get an outdoor space. In Vegas, that is worth its weight in gold. Mm. Like how hard it is to get from your room outdoors. The idea that I get to the room at the end of the night, I can sit outside and just look up at what would be stars if the sphere wasn't there. That like that's magical. Like this fresh air shit. That's that multiple times a day is that that keeps you going. All right, let me ask you another question. Yeah. All right. I like Cause this. Because, you, you know, you said, right. And it makes a lot of sense, right? You said when people invite you to stuff, you love it. But also it's a bit crazy. You didn't say that. That's my words. But the expectation has to be fair that your time is super accounted for. So as much as you want to go, there's a likelihood you're not going to be there, right? And the that's fair, right? Overwhelming likelihood, no matter how hopeful I am. Do, yeah. do you view it that same way? Like when you've got stages that are not as full with capacity because you program content on seven stages and you know how hard you've worked for it and you put amazing content on and now you've got people and you know you put two fucking, three fucking, four fucking stages with amazing content and now some of them, you could not everyone can't be at everywhere at the same time. Do you view it like that as well? It's... I think I know what you're asking. I guess my point to you is a lot of our jobs, right? A lot of it is... Like, do I take it personally if yeah, our content you, is not yeah, well... Like how do you judge the success of your show? Because I think the success of what we do often is judged on also visually how many people are at a show, uh, an audience, right? I, so do you have that... Yeah, I, I think the thing, the anchoring point that I have on it is not offense due to lack of attendance. It is an anchoring point back to my time at the show. So, or like my time before working at the show, but just attending the show. Yeah. 
one, like the reason that I do this job is the big fat Greek wedding quote. Have I ever told you this? I don't know if I've ever told you. So the it's a the matriarch of the family in Big Fat Greek Wedding is like she's like does some I don't remember how the conversation comes about, but the quote is the Greek woman is not the head of the house. The Greek woman is the neck, the neck that turns the head. Right, like that is my description for my job. Is I'm not Jamie Dimon. I'm not Brian Moynihan. I'm not <clears throat> Jane Fraser. Whoever. Right. Pick your pick so your CEO. I don't know, Mickey. That's what we're trying to figure out. Um, I'm not those people, but you're not those. None of us like sitting in this office are those people, but we have the power to, if they're looking 90 degrees, make them look 93 degrees or make Mm -hmm. them look 94 degrees. Or, you know, you have the power to actually shift the trajectory and shift the future of this industry in a way that fucking matters to the average American or matters to the average I don't know. I don't care about the average European as much, but I'm um, just kidding. <laughs> matters to the average European, wow. matters to the average human in the world. That to me is like, that's the heuristic. So if we put on a panel about real-time payments and it gets mid-level attendance or it's, in, I, I mean, it sucks. It sucks no matter what. But if at the end of the day, Rohit Chopra and, you know, uh, some CFPB announcement puts us in a position where people are able to, if it improve, if we get to a point where by the end of the show, one to two to 10 really big moments that drive the financial industry in a better direction happen, I think you just got to let go all the other shit. Like, what do you suppose, like, how do you get people to go to that thing or that thing or, you know, like. I think you just end up going insane if you focus on all of it. And that's coming from somebody that is very much a perfectionist. And when it comes to the show, not a perfectionist in a lot of other ways, but when it comes to the show, very much a perfectionist. But yeah, like, I mean, as long as like, as long as things are happening that ge- ge- like genuinely drive the industry forward in a positive way, then like, I don't know, it sucks, but I'll deal with it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But, that's also, you know, it brings us back to the first thing we started talking about, expertise in this job, right? Is that precisely because what you need to be able to do is not know every subject as well as the people who are speaking about it, but what you need expertise is to know it enough, to know why it's relevant for another group of people, yeah. to know their needs and what they want to know enough. So you're able to connect yeah. all of these people, right? And that in itself is expertise. Sometimes it's jack of all trades type of shit, but that jack of all trades in itself is an expertise because one of the biggest issues that exists, whether it's in politics, whether it's in economics, Mm -hmm. or what we solved as Money 2020, is there's lots of people having lots of different conversations, but often they're not having the same conversation, Mm -hmm. but they think they are. Mm -hmm. And that's really what our job is, is to say, hey, this is the platform for you to have your conversation. I fucking love that. There you go. You were. We're gonna stop it there. That was good. That was that was nice. a ni- that was a nice. You just cherried on oh. top. Nice little here. Give me a little mic bump. Oh. oh my god! I don't even know what I said now. Yeah, that was a lot to ask. I think it'll be all right. Johnny will pull it up. <laughs> Johnny will pull up the audio on that one. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what I said to be honest, but if it makes sense. I- Mickey, my man, we are gonna we have a new show starting at Money 2020 soon that we're gonna be letting people know about once we actually kind of have a couple of those in the bank. We got a name. 
It will, yeah, we'll figure that out too. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on. Anything you want to let the folks know about where they can find you? Anything along those lines? Any plugs? Come to Money 2020. <laughs> Please do not find me. I will find you. Ooh, that's good. Now, I'm just joking. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, but also, you can find me on our latest podcast. That is the only place I'll be available. <laughs> Perfect. Mickey, my dude, I love you. You'll be back way more often. Audience, get used to this voice. You're going to hear it a lot. Bump me. Hey, thanks for listening. If you're still listening, you're probably reaching for your phone to pick your next podcast or switch to music or just call it a day because you can't believe how much valuable information you just took in. But before you pick that next thing, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, and all that jazz. Generally scream from the rafters about how much you love FinTech Family Hour. Thank you again to our sponsor. And until next time, stay healthy, keep your head high, your costs low, and I love you all.